The Confluence Story Gathering Podcast is a production of Confluence, a community-supported nonprofit with a mission to connect people to the history, living cultures, and ecology of the Columbia River Basin through Indigenous voices. Find out more at confluenceproject.org. That water is their home, and and they were in there first before any any uh, dam or any uh, irrigation part was uh, pulling that water out. Welcome to the Confluence Story Gathering Podcast, Indigenous Voices of the Columbia River. I'm Colin Fogarty, Executive Director of Confluence. When you think about the Pacific Northwest, two images inevitably spring to mind, salmon and orcas and especially when you think about our region's waterways. It's especially fitting, then, that the fate of these creatures is entwined with the state of our waterways. Killer whales depend heavily on Chinook salmon. In fact, it's as much as 90% of their diet. And the salmon's fate is directly tied to the health and vitality of the region's rivers. Now, more than ever, those waterways and their inhabitants require a thriving network of committed caretakers, For many Native Americans, salmon and orcas are more than just iconic symbols of the region. They're considered family. Today on the Story Gathering Podcast, three indigenous voices discuss ways that cultural practice and traditional ecological knowledge can support the ecosystems that allow orcas and salmon to thrive. Our speakers were recorded during a Confluence conversation in October 2020. They are Washington State Representative Deborah Lakanoff, James Holt, Executive Director of the Buffalo Field Campaign, and Yakima Klickitat Tribal Elder Wilbur Slotkish. These resources uh, from the killer whale to the salmon to the owl to the raven to the eagles to the herons to the little hooligans who fish through to the seals. Uh, we look the way we look, we speak the way we speak, and we live the way we live because of these resources. It's hard for me to try and remind others who don't think and breathe and laugh like us that we fight so hard to sustain these resources and we may not get to the end of and finish the race and get to the end end of the the, the win uh, but the next generation will and we're fighting so hard to protect our resources and our environment because we don't want to be on the endangered species list next to the killer whale that killer whale is starving for salmon just like we are starving to eat all the good little foods and the fishes there just like we are their tummies are turning up and turning up empty they're so poisoned they're so they're so poisoned and their babies who are dying are so poisoned from the waters that they have to take them to a toxic dump this is not what our america is as first americans This is not who we are as First Americans, as First Canadians. We we have a responsibility in your role as an elder, uh, Wilbur, in your role as a young leader raising the next generation, me and my role as a state representative, to continue to educate and intertwine our decision-making values into all governing levels, into citizens, into the person sitting next door, sitting in the chair next to you at Starbucks. Tell them about the story and what you know as you're at, you know, of course, wear your mask and you say social distancing, of course, but 
But um, <laughs> we have a responsibility to teach the next generation, the people sitting next to you, the people you lead with, the people you negotiate and argue with uh, over a project to understand that you're making a decision that's going to impact these resources that sustain who we are or else we become a shell of what was. And we can't afford to do that. I don't think our people around us understand when we're making a decision to save the habitat and to save and protect in-stream flow and to make sure that we don't put 300 homes against a mountain where the in-stream flow is, that once that water is gone, then all those little baby frogs and the habitats are gone. Therefore, my Indian name, Hikchasi, is gone. That way, my name that is goes back since time immemorial will not be passed on to my daughter's daughter daughter. It no longer exists. We are the definition of environmental justice. The killer whales are the definition of environmental justice. The salmon are the condition of environmental justice. So when Wilbur, when when you are talking about all those poisoned places that live, that are in our communities, all these areas where underrepresented people live, if you take that map and you lay down a pollution map on top of it, you're going to see in those rural areas are where the most polluted areas are. We talk about the Snake River dams. You know, I mean, you, you, you brought up some good points that st- reminded me of that, you know, the they tied the orca diet to these snake river species. And now we know that those snake river dams kill 50 to 80% of the juveniles migrating outward. You know, they, they're, they're decimating those fish and they've changed the water table so much that those hell's Canyon dams are methylating mercury from previous generations of gold mining. You know, so we're being attacked from all angles and it's going to take a holistic uh, solution that involves everybody. And, you know, we've dispelled the myths of the, the loss of barge traffic uh, or the loss of irrigation capability and capacity of the four-lower snake dams. You know, we've, we've dispelled enough, even Clearwater Power and the Northwest Energy Coalition, other of these, these energy producers are saying, we're afraid that your EIS doesn't go far enough. You have to do more for clean energy. You have to do more to speak for the water and the resource. I mean, something's wrong when we can we have these smaller electricity districts stepping forward and saying, you know, you have to do something different. We followed the words of our creator because uh, one of them asked me about that, and I said, he gave this to us orally, and he knew you guys would forget, so he gave it to you in written form, and you didn't like them, so you broke them. And at that, at that time, I was at a, a Pacific Salmon Commission meeting, and uh, I was watching them, and they were arguing. And uh, I said, this reinforces the words of my grandfather. He said, a white man is crazy. He has to have a book, write down his words so in the future he can look back and remind himself of what he said. We don't need a book. We follow our teachings and follow our our, our uh, stuff that's handed down from us from the pre- from the previous uh, elders. 
He said, because he knew we would not forget his ways. But him, he has to have it written because he forgets what he said. That's why he opens that book. And that's what they were doing. They were arguing and that book was the Pacific Salmon Commission book that's got the treaty language in it. And they all went quiet. And, and I said, and the other thing there is, uh, why did these guys have to have these ties on? They're cutting off the oxygen to their brains and that's why they're not thinking. So loosen <laughs> your ties. <laughs> <laughs> but that, but isn't that the truth, Wilbur? Like, uh, you know, I, 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 in, up here, you know, we all celebrate our salmon ceremony. It's like before we go hunting, we have ceremony. Before we go berry picking and gathering our cedar, we have ceremony. Um, up here in the Northwest, we have the salmon ceremony where we give back and we share a song and we talk to the salmon, uh, wel welcoming them home. Go to the four corners and we share we share the, um, the skeleton of the salmon and wrapped in cedar and we give it back. And this comes from Talelap in the Gobin family. And, and think about this in, in while, while I'm sharing this story is when, when you look at how dirty the waterways are, how polluted our rivers are, how dirty our sediment in our lands are, when grandfather King Salmon gave us Mother Earth, and he said, take care of Mother Earth. And when he went back to the water, he comes back to check on us. And if you don't take care of us, we can't take care of you. Uh, similar to the way many of us around the nation think of Mother Earth. When we all were told to stay home, if you looked out, you could hear Mother Earth taking a breath. The killer whales came back, the salmon came back, the birds came back, the deer came out, the raccoons came out. I live out on uh, Samish Island, and my whole front yard is a big bay. Every animal came out. Hummingbirds were everywhere. The bees came out. Mother Earth took a breath, and her resources did. When King Salmon comes back to look at us, waiting to return, if we don't do our due diligence as caretakers of Mother Earth, of taking care of his place he's called home since time immemorial, they're not going to take care of us. And that's the teachings that we have to remember when we come back um, to sitting at the table and negotiating, whether we're talking about the Snake River dams, whether we're talking about the nine coal terminals uh, that were once supposed to come out here to the Northwest, that we as Native American people um, stepped, together with, stepped together with, whether we stood at Dapple on Standing Rock um, with, uh, with the Standing Rock Sioux, thousands of Native Americans saying no. We cannot afford to pollute Mother Earth. Whether we're standing on the shorelines singing to the killer whales, um, we have to remember those those teachings. And I um, I come back to uh, the Coast Salish people up here in the Northwest, and I I listen to their teachings, and they're so intertwined with mine in my Thlinket and Aliyad way, and they're so intertwined with all of yours that I can't help but think that the next generation is going to be much, much stronger uh, than what we're doing here today. As, as we continue to bring them forward, James, we continue to hold their hand and bring them forward as Wilbur and them did with you and I. Mm -hmm. We're pretty blessed. We're pretty blessed. There's hope. I think that's what keeps us here, generation after generation after generation. Um, it's the hope. 
Yeah. I got asked, why do you do what you do? I said, I got to answer to my creator when my time up on this world is, I tell him I did my best to protect the gifts that you have given us. That's what, that's why I do that. I, be, I, I want to look him and tell him that everything I did to protect the gifts, I did my best. I fought my best. And, and I think I'll be there with him, but I don't know if I'll see you. <laughs> so that, that silences them too quite a bit. I'll remember that line, Wilbur. When I'm standing on the floor of the people's house and I have to give testimony to protecting salmon or climate change or the resources, I'm going to say, let me share some good words from my friend Wilbur. Good. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, food for the heart. It's food for the heart. Yeah. <laughs> After our speakers shared their thoughts, we took some questions from our online audience. And the number one thing people wanted to know was what can we do to improve the habitat and condition of Columbia River salmon today? Our first answer came from Wilbur Slotkish. Recognize them as the senior water rights holder because that water is their home. And, and they were in there first before any any uh, dam or any uh, irrigation part was uh, pulling that water out. And, and that water did irrigate, but it was through the rain. And uh, the lands that they thought were idle, you know, they were producing food and medicines and birds and uh, meat hoofs and antlers ones and recognize who who the original uh water rights uh land rights holders because they're moving into their home countries and and uh destroying them because uh, they think they're being fed so you know the grapeyards and the timber companies and all of those uh, they they need to realize that's their home and uh, they don't destroy it and pollute it. They take care of it because that's where they live. Same as as we do, we take care of where we live. We take care of the land because one of these days, you know, we're going to go back into that, to that Mother Earth, and I don't want to go into a polluted place. I think um, we definitely need to keep using our places, especially those places along the waterways. You know, we need to pass down the place names of those locations. We need to take the people there and have ceremony, use them in the way that we used to use them. We need to go into those arenas where they're deciding the outcomes of these waterways, the operation of these dams. And we need to give testimony on those things that we still use in these waterways and the importance of that water. I think Wilbur hit it on the head. You know, they're trying to change the beneficial use, the beneficial use of these rivers and waters, moving them even further away from prioritizing fish and salmon and endangered species. So we need to continue to hammer away that um, the natural world needs to exist, that it needs to persist, that these species that rely on the natural world and clean water um, matter to us. And, wherever we can do that and however many times we have to do it, we just have to keep showing up, empower the youth to show up. I have to agree with my, my friends here. 
Um, my big message today is uh, we've got, we've got, it's a big get out the vote. Vote and get people such as myself and those who listen to Wilbur and those who work with James. You need to get people who are like-minded like us into office to start making those policy changes and upholding those regulations and funding those programs that sustain this quality of life that we're all striving for. Um, not only not only vote, but stay active and engaged. Make sure your voice is heard because you're speaking, as Wilbur and James says, say, for the voices that are unheard. You're speaking for the first water right holders, the winged, the hooved, the finned, uh, the ones who have roots into the ground. Um, that is so beautifully said, Wilbur. And I'm when I stand on the floor of the people's house, I am going to share that quote and I'm going to tell them who I learned it from is the elder uh, that comes out of the Columbia River who fought so hard to carry the voices of the past and the voices of the future with you. Um, it's, to, it's to make sure that you you walk the walk and you talk the talk. And you can say as much as you want that you want clean water, you want clean air, you want clean resources, um, clean habitat for the resources, but you have to live that life and you have to take make sure that it goes down to the next generation, as James said. And it's just not the generation that looks like us. It's all the generations now that call this place home because we're so intertwined into those communities. That was Washington State Representative Deborah Lekanoff. We also heard from James Holt, Executive Director of the Buffalo Field Campaign, and Yakima Klickitat Tribal Elder Wilbur Slotkish. To find out more about Confluence and the five completed sites along the Columbia River system, check out our website, confluenceproject.org. Now, remember, Confluence is a community-supported nonprofit. We can only do this work because of the generous support from the Friends of Confluence, and that's you. Join us today at confluenceproject.org. Thanks for listening to the Confluence Story Gathering Podcast. For more episodes, visit our website or wherever you get your podcasts.